Welcome back to the Spirit and Truth Podcast. I'm Maggie Elmer, and on today's episode, Matt and I interview Emma. Emma Winchester is sharing her testimony today, and if you don't know Emma, she's our administrative coordinator here at Spirit and Truth, but really she's so much more than that. She accompanies us on our awakening weekends. She's a prayer intercessor powerhouse. This is a wonderful testimony to the Lord's goodness, and I can't wait for you to hear her story. Today is all about Emma. Today we have a great episode. Uh, We just wanted our listeners to get to know us a little bit, and um, it wasn't my idea. I think I'm pretty boring, but Matt's (laughs) in charge, so... (laughs) (laughs) Don't blame this on me. Oh, for sure, blaming it on you. <laughs> but um, today, we have the pleasure, nay, the privilege, wow, <laughs> of, <laughs> of um, getting to know Ms. Emma Winchester. Emma, how well, are you today? <laughs> let me just clarify. <laughs> Since I'm getting blamed, one, I think Emma... And her story are quite fascinating, and I'm sure others will agree. And two, uh, it's not just a chance. I mean, we thought it'd be fun with a new podcast for you um, listeners just to get to know our Spirit and Truth team a little bit. But really, it's also an exercise in just testimony. We, you know, one of the things that we value as a ministry is just uh, sharing where we're seeing God at work. And all of us have a story in our lives. If you're following Jesus, you have a testimony. And so, one of the things that we just want to be intentional about as a ministry is just pointing to the goodness of God and how He's transformed our lives. And so it's just a chance also uh, to... Is is that a vacuum cleaner? Yes, there's a vacuum cleaner. We are, we are real professional on this podcast. That's okay. And what <laughs> Anyways, uh, the cleaning crew is working outside of our office door, and we're, great, we're grateful for them. In any case, what I was saying is... Um, we want to also create space, and now we have sirens. It's okay. We're recording in a city. This is where we work. Okay, sorry. Last chance. <laughs> we want to tell our testimony. <laughs> so, and uh, I thought it would be fun for uh, us just to get to know Emma a little bit, and um, and then her to be able to share just about her own testimony of faith. All right. Well, thanks, Matt. And that is cool. Everybody has a testimony. And um, it's important for the body of Christ to talk about the ways in which God has saved us and rescued us and because it builds faith in other people. So, Emma, I don't know. You really are remarkable. I have to say, like, we tease you a lot, you know. (laughs) This is a teasing group of people. But you are a remarkable young woman, and um, we're really blessed to have you as part of the Spirit and Truth team. And so why don't you talk a little bit about how that came to be? How I came to be on the Spirit and Truth team? Yes, ma'am. And share just uh, just a little bit about yourself, just uh, for folks that don't know you. How old you are, where you're from, all all that kind of stuff. All right. As we speak, I am currently 19 years old. We live in glorious state in Ohio. It is glorious. And I was born and raised here. Um, I love this city a lot. But I grew up in a non-Christian home. We went to 
church services on Easter and Christmas and things like that. But I started going to the church regularly when my dad started going with his girlfriend when I was in about fourth grade. And I have pretty much been at that church ever since. And on and off in different seasons through high school, I kind of stepped away for a minute, but then the Lord called me right back. So that kind of leads into how I got involved with Spirit and Truth. Well, even before that, uh, you just mentioned growing up. When would you say, when did you come to faith in Jesus? Like at what point did it translate from you, you know, you grew up in a non-Christian home. Yeah. You started going to church periodically. At what point did that become personal for you? You know, I don't have one of those moments where it was like, you know, how people just have those radical transformation stories, how like they can pinpoint a specific time and place that it happened. I don't have one of those. It was more just like a slow falling in love with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I would say if I had to guess, I think I was in fifth grade when I really came to know the Lord, even in the most innocent and small childlike ways. Um, But yeah, I would say probably fifth or maybe sixth grade was when I started to know the Lord. That's when I was involved in a small group called Salt and Light. And I had some wonderful teachers and mentors above me that were uh, just teaching me about the word and about who the Trinity is. And yeah, so. And that's encouraging. I think that's encouraging for uh, our listeners to hear because this is just normal church kind of stuff. Yeah. And you grew up in a house where you're not being discipled by your parents. Right. And so, um, at least as a pastor, I find it encouraging. Like when I think about the fruit of your life now and how God is at work and in the call upon your life, um, to know that that started with someone just bringing you to sort of everyday yeah. church stuff, you know? Yep, yep, just a small group at church. And I actually, I used to be really like, man, I wish I remembered the moment or a thing happened where it was like one day I was like this and the other day I was totally different. And there have been specific moments in my life since, you know, I started going to that small group that the Lord has like dramatically shifted things. But the beginning of it all was very subtle, was very normal. Mm -hmm. And so I used to be like really almost ashamed about that, but it honestly just points to God's grace even more in my life, and I'm sure many others. So no, And that's what real Christian life is. It's the day in, the day out, what right. you do when you get up in the morning and how you end your day. That's what the meat and potatoes of following mm-hmm. Jesus is. Yeah. So, so, so I, yeah, I interrupted you about the spirit and truth thing. No, no, that's good. So the church that I grew up at, Stillwater Church, um, I was there probably from fourth grade up until uh, mid-high school. And then I started going to a different youth group with some of my other friends. But um, basically, then COVID happened. I'm trying to make it like long story short. COVID happened, and I wasn't going to church because I was working a lot. My last two years of high school, I was serving at a restaurant and it was what I spent my life doing. It was, (laughs) I I don't know what I was thinking. All I knew was that 
to numb or to I just felt like I needed to be productive all the time so I was saving money I was working 40 hours a week as a how old was I I must have been 16 17 years old when I was doing this and so I was doing all that and I had the opportunity to go on a mission trip to serve as a chaperone with the Stillwater Teens Youth Group. And I didn't really know what I was getting into at that point. I had served in many areas of the church before, so, and I was pretty close with uh, the youth director that was uh, taking the teens. So I go on this youth trip as a chaperone and the whole week, the Lord just kept getting my attention, and it was the first time probably in a long time that I hadn't been working, which is pretty remarkable because I wanted to work all the time. It was the biggest idol in my life for many years, was to work and be productive and all of that. So. It was the first time that I had space and margin for the Lord to really speak to me and where my heart was actually open to receive what he was going to say. And throughout that week, I knew at the bottom of my heart that I needed to walk away from the job that I was at. And I didn't know at the time actually why. I mean, maybe I did, but... I didn't know all of the layers to what work was to me or, you know, all of the things that I was using work to replace or to numb or that type of thing. And so I go home and even though this sounds silly, it was the one of the hardest things for me to let go was this desire to constantly be busy and constantly work. So I put in my two weeks when I got home and... I felt the Lord's invitation for me and for another young woman that I do life with. We felt the invitation from the Lord to come and pray at the church. Yeah. So we decided she was uh, at school, I was working, but we decided to kind of make some decisions to come to the church. And so lo and behold, a few weeks later, we're showing up on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning and praying at the church that I grew up at. You know, it's these hallways that I've known since I was in fourth grade and the classrooms and the playland and all of these things that were so familiar to me. I was like kind of just walking right back into a home again. So we just start praying and we didn't really know, at least I didn't know really (laughs) how to pray, like truly for long periods of time or anything like that. But man, God's grace was just so present because we just went in and he, he just wanted to be with us, you know, like all of those hours spent working for me were just consistently redeemed in this time of prayer where I got to gather with just my sister and Mm -hmm. we just spent time with the Lord and delighted in him. And eventually (laughs) we started asking him questions about the church, about, um, the next season of where the church is going and all of these things. We just got curious, like, Lord, you love this place. You love these people. What's going to happen? Or like, what are, what are you doing here? Yeah. And so that kind of led us to a place of intercession for the church, for our 
pastors, for the leaders. And anyways, uh, Matt <laughs> is the pastor of, is one of the pastors of Stillwater Church. So that's kind of how we bumped into each other because... <laughs> I was at the church. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, almost literally bumped into each other because I remember just sort of, I think, just meeting you in a hallway or yeah. at least, like, the first time I remember talking to you was just in the hall at Stillwater. And I was just personally curious. Like, at first, I didn't really <laughs> know what was happening. I just saw you and uh, Jenna, who's the other young lady that you were referencing I just saw, kept seeing you all the time at the church and I remember uh I think I asked Jordan who's one of the other pastors there like what are they <laughs> who are these people and what, what are they doing what are they doing and and I remember I think I just talked to you in the hall at some point and you shared a little bit about your prayer and the as I started to understand what was happening is Jenna has her own story about God calling her to leave, um, rearrange her the way she was doing school, and she so she made a tangible kind of change. You made this significant tangible change with your work, and then you were just coming, and I would see you, you know, most mornings that I was at the church. I mean, you were at the church honestly more than I was, and I would, when I would see you, I thought, what is happening here? And the more that I learned about your story, I just thought, this is. This has been, I've been pastoring for a long time, and yet this this is unusual. I've never had anyone just show up at the church to young people because I just felt God calling them to pray more and just showing up, you know, for an hour, two hours, sometimes more, um, to just spend time in a room at the church praying. I've ne- that had never happened in whatever, 15, 17, I don't know, 20 years of ministry, whatever it is. Um and so I was just curious about this. And I do remember sometimes, too, in those earlier days of when you guys were praying, I remember a few times um, you stopping by the office, you and Jenna, and just, you know, I would be curious, and I would maybe just ask, or you would share, like, what did what do you sense God was saying today? And you, you guys would just share stuff. And I remember just being floored, like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> You know, and like a sense of witness in my own spirit from the Holy Spirit that you were, in fact, hearing the voice of God in your time together and that you were sensing his heart for the church and the things that you were interceding for were in alignment with things that I was interceding for and like all of that stuff. And I was just like really amazed at at how God was moving uh, through the two of you to really, and I even though others didn't even know about it for a while, really leading the prayer culture uh, that God was giving birth to in our church. One of the things, I mean, so we, this story now is, is out there, you know, this, the Emma and Jenna story, it's like a video on our website and you had an opportunity to share a little bit about some of the fruit of that season of time, even at the most recent new room conference. Um, and one of the things I, I often think much to my own delight about that story is whenever we have shared it, I've always thought to myself, okay, if people really heard the story and they really, really took it to heart, um, that story could put spirit and truth out of business. Do you know what I mean? Like if churches really just did that one thing, 
if there were people in every single church who just laid themselves down to hear whatever Mm. the Lord had for that body of people. And if there was leadership around, you know, who, who sort of also interceded and, and took those words that came from the Lord and processed them. And, you know, if that's what church culture is meant to be built around, I mean, in scripture, yeah, the presence of God and, (laughs) and, um, you know, uh, uh, the church is built on the apostles and the prophets and, you know, things like that. I just, every time I hear the story, I'm like, this is the story that mm-hmm. if people really, really took it to heart, it put this ministry out of business in a good way, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I think even your uh, your own story about a rejection of uh, busyness so you could feel yeah. a sense of accomplishment and then moving from there into a place of just waiting on the Lord mm-hmm. without really any agenda or specific idea of what was going to come from it. I mean, that is... That is the shift, I think, it, that is needed in the American church. And yeah. I'm, I'm not sure I've ever thought about it exactly in those terms, but I think that's part of what is so compelling about that. It was just a, you know, I don't want to over-romanticize the whole thing. It was just a simple act of obedience on, on the part of two young people who loved Jesus, felt God's invitation to do something different, and then they acted on it. Yeah. I mean, yes, I must say that in the moment, I had no idea what I was doing. You know what I mean? Like, the Lord's invitation, it it was just so simple that when I, I think back to it now and I'm like, oh, I didn't know that that's what he was trying to do. You know, like, I didn't know that he was trying to take me away from all of these things that were actually killing me, mm. you know, working all the time and being busy and do, 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 do. And he was taking me from a place of doing to a place of being. And then what was so beautiful is what you're saying is like, you know, I didn't know how long I wasn't going to have a job, but I wasn't concerned. And I understand that a lot of people don't have that luxury, you know, to, I mean, I had bills, but I was able to, you know, do the things. But I just knew what the Lord was calling me to. I know. think that's the point, too, is like the Lord was calling you specifically to do that thing. Yeah. And the Lord calls other people to do other things. But the season has shifted. You yes, know what it I mean? has. So <laughs> it has. Oh and so that was a beautiful season. And I'm so thankful for that season because it has shown me why it is so important to pursue that mm-hmm. in normal life now. Like, I have a job now. I ha- you know, there's yeah. things that I have to do now, so I can't spend necessarily every day of the week hours per day. But with Pastor Jordan and with other care pastors at the church and you know, prayer culture has been formed there for years and years and years. But now we decided, man, we really got to get serious about this. So we have a prayer room now, you know, like eventually there's just been small decisions made to to really make space and we spend an hour each morning in prayer at the church and that's just normal life you know what I mean it just has Mm -hmm. to be a part of the rhythm now Mm -hmm. whereas before it wasn't so anyways no I think that that's a good point I mean you know the Lord is really gracious in that he will, in in our innocence, like he takes the small amount of faith, the, the small acts of obedience that we offer to him, and he multiplies them, and he 
makes them fruitful. I mean, mm-hmm. what's that scripture? You know, Paul's like, Paul brings the seed, Apollos brings the seed, but the Lord brings the increase. Mm-hmm. And, and certainly that has been evident in your personal life. And one of the things Matt said, you know, I don't want to romanticize this, but like the, the same thing that's been true for, I would imagine every single person who has followed the Lord has been true for you, which is, you know, when the Lord becomes Lord of your life, stuff gets turned upside down and like all of your garbage Mm -hmm. gets dealt with and you know all of that stuff and so it's not all just you know rainbows and fuzzy hugs nope (laughs) (laughs) nope it's not but you know what it is um you know this past year of my life has held the most change ever that i've had you know what i mean like there's just been yeah to date (laughs) (laughs) this past year has been full of change which comes with its own crap you know like Mm -hmm. it it just comes with a lot of surrender it comes with a lot of trust it comes with so much and as Maggie said like the Lord is dealing and has been dealing with Mm -hmm. a lot of my garbage a lot of my pain a lot of my hurt and all of that which I know is for good so that's why like now, even though the season is different, even though I miss the days where I could spend hours at the church just being with the Lord, I know that this season is for good too. Mm-hmm. You know, this season is just as beautiful as that one because the Lord is leading still. And um, ultimately, the more and more that he moves my garbage, my crap, all of that out of the way, the more that his love is revealed to me mm-hmm. for for the church, for his plans and purposes, for the, his love for me. And so that initial season was beautiful because it, it looked so awesome from the outside and from the inside, you know? Like, we just got to pretty much... <laughs> Hang with Jesus. Hang with Jesus all day long. But this season where I have a larger amount of responsibilities is just as beautiful because he's teaching me how to um, pursue that type of intimacy in normal everyday life, Mm -hmm. which I believe is, you know, that's how I want to shape the rest of my life is how can I keep this intimate connection with the Lord central? Yeah. Amen. So you um, just fast forward a little bit. You, I remember I was praying. We we wanted to bring on a part-time admin uh, <laughs> to the staff, and I was praying, and the Lord had just highlighted you to me, and I just, I think I just talked to you out in the lobby at church one day, and uh, sure enough, that happened, you know, like that all came <laughs> came to be, <laughs> and, uh, you yeah, know, we praise God for that, and really, you know, my heart from the beginning was not you know, the, the admin role was a way just to get you involved with our team, and you do a great job with that, and, um, you know, you're sharp and cover lots of things for us. But really, you know, I know God's calling upon your life is a lot bigger than just uh, admin tasks, and not to diminish that, because that's a vital part of any Not at all, yeah, any but ministry. let's just be real. Administration is not necessarily my <laughs> gifting. <laughs> well... well you look I can do the things do. but I'm just saying yeah <laughs> no but you do it so you do a good job I was gonna ask I wanted to ask kind of um so you've you've gotten a chance now to go with us on quite a f- number of ministry trips where 
you know, we um, we have something called Awakening Weekends, which are kind of like a a weekend retreat for a local church that our team helps to lead, and and we work on things like um, like prayer culture in your church, like learning to listen to the Holy Spirit, like sharing your faith and getting engaged in life-on-life uh, life, disciple-making, those kind of core Christian practices. And you've been a part of that. And what I, I'd be interested just to hear, like, what, is, what have you learned in the midst of that? And having experienced that and experiencing what you are in your home church, what's your, what's your heart for the church right now? Like, what are you, what are you longing to see in the church of Jesus Christ in North America right now? Oh gosh! Like well, North America, oh <laughs> in the entire in the globe, country. across the globe. <laughs> no, I mean you've got to experience a variety of yeah. churches and a variety of settings. What have you learned, and what has that birthed in as far as your your longing for the church? Sure. Well, I have been with Spirit and Truth for a year now, as of Holy Smokes, as of this month. It's yeah. a year. So we have been to many different churches, um, and let's see, what have I learned? There has been so much, not only just within like the church life, but also within this team. I think I was talking to you guys about this a little while, a while ago, but you know, the way that a team or a staff functions in a church setting or in a ministry setting is so uh, opposite of the way that the world and the way that, you know, other places of work may operate. So I remember like, it it was either during my interview or on my first day, one of you said, you know, we care about your spiritual health. Like we want you to be well here while you work. And I was like, what (laughs) you know what i mean like they didn't say that to you at the restaurant no (laughs) no i've never been in a restaurant that says that yeah you know what i mean so that was it was almost like culture shock Mm -hmm. which is a really beautiful thing i think you did seem a little shell shocked i think at first yep yep and it's because it, it was so beautiful and i was like is this real you know where i just like i get to learn from you and i get to partner with you guys in ministry it was it's just really beautiful so I think I've learned a lot about um, teamwork and co-laboring in the Lord with you all Um, so that's the first thing the second thing is when we go into churches man well I've like I said I've been at Stillwater almost my whole life and Stillwater apparently is a little bit different than what I was used to with churches. So when we would go into churches, um, for a little while, I felt like I was just kind of like observing, taking a look around, Mm -hmm. like, huh. It just had never occurred to me as a young Christian that, you know, other churches might do things a little bit differently, (laughs) you know. (laughs) But it's a beautiful thing because the way that they worship is beautiful and it is worship. So I felt like I was just kind of taking a a glimpse of what they were doing. And I was really, really, really practicing discernment. I was really trying to go in because I was objective. I didn't 
know these people. I didn't know the church. And so I would go in and I would ask, Lord, what are you doing here? What do you love about this place? What are you like? What are the things that you're kind of stripping away? Um, What season of life are they in? You know, Mm -hmm. all of these questions. Or, Lord, show me the fruit of this place. You know, so I think that that was something that I I still am learning, but I have learned a little bit, um, is to just almost like check the pulse of the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's been really beautiful. And then we also, I, I've just learned about what ministry life is, <laughs> you know, like the good, the bad, the, the hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, how to just day in and day out. Yeah. We do ministry, you know, and, but we also just do normal life and we eat pizza and, you know, fun stuff like that. <laughs> so those are the things that I've learned in terms of like the North American church, you know, what do I know? <laughs> Nothing. But such a big question. I but, mean, well, what's oh the you gosh. you have you have heart cries. Yeah. And and I see it come out of you. Yeah. And so, uh, just share a little bit of that. It doesn't mean that this is like that you're setting the tone <laughs> for grace them, for what's the whole, said. Yeah. The whole church of the whole. Everybody continent. is allowed to say things and then grow. Yeah. It's okay. Awesome. Well, I guess my heart cry and what. Jenna and I have been praying from the beginning is for sustainable revival. Mm. That's the language that we've pretty much stuck with Mm. is um, not just a revival that comes and goes or, and when I say revival, I just mean, um, I mean being truly brought back to life. Like, it is true that we as Christians have been brought from death to life. That is not a metaphor. Right. And what grieves my heart is when I see Christians live as if they were brought from death to to just like a haziness, uh, you know. Just coping, just yeah. getting by. Going with the flow, doing the easy, passive Christian life. I just put it on my Instagram bio just to make me look like a good person. You know what I mean? Like using using Christianity as just a, like a making me feel good about myself almost. Mm-hmm. It makes me sad. So, and it makes me sad when the church is like that too, you know, just super attractional, like, oh, we just want to feel good about what we're doing here. Mm. You know, we have a lot of good ministries, we help the community, we do these things, which are all wonderful, but where is Jesus, you know, and where is the Holy Spirit, and are we exalting God the Father? You Mm. know, like, all of these things, my heart cry is for passivity to die. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the American church is real good at being passive and doing really good things, which is something that we talk about, you know, in our Awakening Weekends is you have a choice. Each of us have a choice every day. You know, some days it looks like quitting your job and praying. Other days it just looks like, Lord, I'm choosing you today. Mm. You know, every single day we have a choice whether or not we're going to be active in our relationship with the Lord or not. And with our relationship with each other, with our relationship to the church, you know, 
all of that. So my heart cry is for sustainable revival where we all are willing to get our hands dirty. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Getting our hands dirty. That's a good one. That's good. Well, Emma, thank you for sharing. My pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) I think you've been on the hot seat long enough. What do you think? Matt, do you have any more ridiculously deep probing questions (laughs) to ask Emma on the spot? No, no, no. No, I just appreciate, I appreciate your heart and I appreciate how God is growing you. And I couldn't be um, more excited about how the Lord is leading you and the call that's upon your life. Uh, We probably don't say that out loud enough, but uh, God's anointing is upon you. Mm. And... (laughs) <laughs> you've uh, already got to experience a taste of that, but there's so much more to come, and we're just we're excited to see how the Lord continues to work in you and through you. Thank you. Matt's crying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, but I'm real close. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We love Emma Wynn. All right. Well, that's been our podcast for today, you guys. And... Um, the highest compliment you can pay us is when you share this podcast with your friends and family and of course in particular share this podcast far and wide because you know then you can learn all kinds of fun things about Emma and Spirit and Truth and um, check us out on Twitter at Spirit Truth Life rate and like the podcast wherever you are listening to this recording and we'll come back to you next time alright bye bye <laughs>